The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. Johnny Sestina and Company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. I need help getting out of my student loan I'm debt. so worried. How am I going to afford taking care of my When's parents? When's a good time to get into the market? I'm really not sure when I should start taking my Social Security. I wonder if I have enough insurance. I wonder when I can retire. It's time to talk about your money. Managing to be wealthy. Our team of fee-only financial planners is ready to help you to create better financial habits. Envision your long-term goals and understand money management better than ever. Our resident hosts of Johnny, Sestina, and Company are on deck to show you the way. Welcome to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan. Joining me on today's show is fellow certified financial planner, Craig Konstantinovich and John Sestina. Good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon. Afternoon. Everything good in your world, John? Oh, yeah. I can't wait for the four feet of snow in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, you're moving to Buffalo, I heard. Yeah, I, just I, for the I'm weekend. I'm excited about that. <laughs> I bought new snowshoes. There you go. It's a great vacation. Nice yeah. snowbird getaway. Literally, you'll be covered in snow, so it'll be fine. <laughs> Although we do have uh, single digits for uh, early next week or Thanksgiving week, so you'll yeah. be well, thinking cold, of- Cold's not as bad as snow on the road. Yeah, snow and ice are, are the terrible. I know, Craig, you like the cold weather. Though. Oh, absolutely. Sign me up for it. This is the perfect time of year. But, yeah, for everyone else's sake, the uh, snow and the ice can lead to a lot of difficulty. So you bet. I- I'll, I'll bear that. That'll be all right. As long as it's cold, I'm good. Well, with the Thanksgiving holiday, this is our Thanksgiving show, so we will talk about things we are thankful for. But as always, in our first segment, we talk about current uh, economics, current uh, events going on in the There's, world. Is there anything economically going on now, well, Stephen? Well, a mean, couple <laughs> things. What's at the top of your mind with current events? Uh, the uh, uh, what is it? The food you brought. The food. Yeah, the the corned beef. Yeah, the corned beef. <laughs> <laughs> I made a nice couple corned beef briskets, and John was the, the recipient of that. There so, you go. Not a Thanksgiving uh, tradition, but no. it's good. But one of the things that is current, and we're going to switch back to uh, economics, is uh, debt. Debt is increasing significantly, and mm-hmm. household debt is increased at its fastest pace in 15 years yep. due to credit card usage and mortgage balances. Yep. Not a surprise, is it? Not at all. I mean, people are under pressure. I said some months ago that we're headed, we are into a recession, and so that pressure is now showing itself. People are not getting raises that are equal to or overcome the inflation. the uh, uh, There's all kinds of pressure on folks. And now they're coming into holidays. They're trying to buy gifts they can't afford and take care of family that they're worried about, et cetera. So, yeah, a lot of pressure. Yeah. I mean, it, it's some of this is part of the pandemic uh, hangover effect, if you will, too. People getting used to having additional sources of income, not needing to possibly pay rent or mortgages if they were experiencing hardships. But it's all coming to an ugly head here, and we're realizing that, yeah, people were probably overspending, probably overestimating where things would go. And, you know, again, that just leads to, well, at some point, if you don't have the income coming in, that money's got to come from somewhere. Um, It's partially that, but then also partially you look at it. Where did everyone, if they weren't going on vacations, if they wanted to make sure that they stayed at home, what were they doing? They were building or improving their home. So you also have a lot of the debt that's increasing because people over leveraged themselves to put on that new addition, to buy the pool, to do those other things. And again, we're seeing that and more and more people aren't necessarily realizing what some of the loans are that they agreed to. They just said, hey, 
I want this pool. What's the best way for me to get it? Oh, I can use a home equity line of credit. Oh, wonderful. Not realizing that that's a variable interest rate that's going to increase as the Fed raises rates. Well, you understand that. You did not make any improvements in your house. Oh, I did, but I made sure I had the cash to support it. So. I know, I know. <laughs> but there was a false sense of discretionary spending during right. the pandemic. Oh, absolutely. Right? People were, we, we saw it in the statistics. We talked about it on the show that uh, people were saving. They were able mm -hmm. to save because of whether it was through the government um, support of money or uh, they weren't able to spend it. So they had an increase in savings. And I think it was a false indicator to the consumer, and now they're, we're starting to see the other end of it. Right, they anticipate they were anticipating things like the college loans being forgiven. Mm -hmm. That was another piece of that, so that didn't put any break on their spending. Yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, speaking of the college loans, I read an article about uh, they polled like two thirds, like uh, whatever, whoever they polled, two thirds of the people who were on uh, were going to get student loans forgiven said they were going to spend their money on vacations right. and going out to eat. Right. Right. What is wrong with that picture? <laughs> it's the exact opposite that it's trying to incentivize. I yeah. mean, you've got people, they've got new bills now um, that are being proposed and some that are likely to be signed into law that they're actually incentivizing employers to make matching 401k contributions for students that are paying off their student loans. Yeah, so this it's, is... It's interesting. This is not managing to be wealthy. No. <laughs> That's the exact truth. opposite. With managing to be wealthy, there are sacrifices that have to be made. Yeah. That's right. This is, this is nothing about sacrifice. Exactly. It's, 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 um... Well, and part of it, too, again, you know, again, I know we talk about, hey, discretionary income coming in, government support, those kind of things certainly played a role. But, I mean, just think about it. People probably didn't sit down and really try to assess, well, where am I spending money? they probably failed at one of the most basic things that you need to truly manage to be wealthy, which is understanding what your living expenses are. Are you saying we're back to Tony's favorite point? Oh, the two favorite points yeah. of Mr. Payne's. <laughs> yeah. Understanding your living expenses or understanding your cash flow and then making sure you have a sufficient cash reserve. Because yep. if you have those two pieces in place, you're not going to incur these credit card debts. You're not going to revolve those balances. And that's actually on our agenda for later in the show is to talk how to start to prepare for 2023 uh, spending. So very, very uh, uh, interesting to see where consumers, the consumer spending and debt is going. But be careful with it. Uh, manage your debt appropriately and, and try not to get in trouble with the credit cards. It's a dangerous uh, game. Mm-hmm. All right, switching topics, other current event. We, we touched on it last week, but the FTX is uh, making headlines in many different ways, and it is not a good thing, is it, John? Oh, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, yeah right. Well, some good will come out of it. Well, yeah, what? <laughs> well, <laughs> regulation, stuff oh. you like, something you love. <laughs> All I can think of is, you know, the FTC or the SEC comes and audits us, and they spend seven days on a nothing and yet this guy, according to what I heard on the news today, was doing all kind of violations of SEC things. Now, it's not theoretically a security, I guess, but uh, he uh, he was not touched. Nobody looked at it. How could this all happen? Mm -hmm. And then someone, Bobby keeps saying, look at the names of the people who bought into this thing. Don't they have financial advisors? Yeah. And so, and obviously not, right, Craig? Right. Yeah, or at least not prudent fiduciaries that well, are truly overlooking their shoulders. And they were they were the fiduciaries or not non-fiduciaries were strictly looking at investments, mm -hmm. and they were chasing the more uh, scenario instead of the enough scenario, yep. which is ours. 
Uh, so that was part of their problem. When you keep chasing more, it's like going to Vegas and you keep betting on double zero and keep losing. Yeah. And you double up on it. So you keep losing. So the same thing is true here. Investing is a monotonous, non-emotional, boring way to become wealthy. Yep. And that's the challenge for people. There are no shortcuts. There are none. No. Well, with this FTX, a couple of the articles I read on CNBC's website, when they filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection, FTX said they had about 100,000 creditors. <laughs> <laughs> now it's coming out that they have could have over a million creditors oh. lining up for whatever leftovers there are. That was one of the things that blew me away. Craig, are, uh, anything else? Yeah. I mean, the biggest one, too, that I was seeing is that there was likely between one billion with a B and two billion with a B dollars from FTX customers that just poof disappeared disappeared yeah no one really knows where they are now they're starting to look at the books start to, starting to see some of the numbers and they're starting to put two and two together but I mean there's all sorts of backdoor money movement all, all sorts of <laughs> to your point John just things where you really raise an eyebrow and say well if he's doing this where do you think he got the ideas to do it from and how many other crypto people are doing it too? Right. They're going to start, this is the way they start, peel the onion. Yep. Uh, even going back to Enron, when the Enron collapse happened, they went and started knocking on other companies, Fortune 500 company doors to see if they were doing the same right. uh, type of business. So uh, just the beginning, and we'll provide updates throughout these uh, upcoming weeks. Yeah, and remember, this is bigger than Enron. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. Enron was a big deal. This is bigger than that. Certainly is. Well, come back. We'll change topics. You've been listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy with fee only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to Be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan. The first segment, we closed up with uh, FTX, and I think we want to continue this discussion or conversation because well, we we just basically, this is the tip of the iceberg, and Craig pointed out uh, that billions of dollars have disappeared from accounts. Mm -hmm. uh, there's could be as many as a million creditors lining up for collections uh, with bankruptcy protection. FTX also announced a new CEO, John Ray III, and John Ray is uh infamous because he was he took over enron cleaning up that mess <laughs> so the guy has experience and john you go ahead and said you mentioned that this is bigger than enron yeah this is much bigger than enron the numbers are far more gargantuan yeah and so, and it's going to lead to other things they're going to i said peel hurt. the onion they're yep, going to keep yep. peeling it and and once we you said where's the sec been but if they start to get involved and start digging this is gonna this is gonna raise a lot of other questions. You bet. Yeah, and this is where too. I mean, I know John, you had mentioned it as well, but you know, there's a lot of big name people that were out there that are involved in either FTX, whether it be Tom Brady or you know his wife or ex-wife, excuse me, Giselle. Um, who? Who's the guy? Tom Brady. Oh, who? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, they had. There's plenty of talking heads or plenty of people to kind of promote and advertise this and. You know, again, you look back to the Super Bowl, how many commercials were there that were centered around crypto or exchanges or things like that? And now we're seeing one start to folly. And now we're having other CEOs of other um, exchanges that are coming out and saying, oh, no, our, our books are sound, our books are strong. But 
just looking at some of the practices again i i mentioned it before but he must have learned some of these tips some of these tricks some of this coding from somewhere and this is where i know we've talked about it a number of times here on the show but this is where when you really start to sit down and look look at well what is crypto it may not necessarily be a true investment a true way to propel yourself to financial independence it may just be exactly what it is a technology a tool that can be used as part of a financial transaction but not necessarily the actual dollar amount that may be tied to it so if we start to take a step back from there that may then start to open our eyes as to okay well maybe we were wrong in diagnosing this or assessing this to be one thing as opposed to another that's true. And and what really happened was that, that people became emotionally excited. Mm -hmm. Everyone was rushing. What was it, about a year ago? And uh, techno was where it was. You heard That's all you heard on the news. And crypto. Crypto, crypto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What did yeah. I say? Te techno, techno, same thing. <laughs> techno, disc disco. A uh, little, little disco ball. I need another coffee. So, <laughs> anyway, so, so that's all that was on the news. Yep. Everyone's yep. talking about it. And even uh, some clients and friends would come and say, should I invest in, in uh, crypto? Fear of missing out. Oh, yeah. Right? The old FOMO. Yeah. And, and now it came, came out this week, which, again, alarming is uh, they may have used corporate funds to purchase uh, homes for employees. Yep. yep. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. <laughs> That'll help the housing market. And, and, and again, this, right, exactly. <laughs> and, and this is, in the, to your said, the, this wasn't no different than the late 90s right. with the uh dot com era and we saw it then i i was a part of it i lived through it and it was a lot about that greed factor chasing more fear of missing out this is the next hot thing it's it's, it's success green and success and wealth only there's no law going to be no losses and if you're not on now you're going to be missing out right yep. so true <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. lots of sarcasm there right so again, stay tuned. Uh, this is probably the first of many. Uh, oh, this is just the beginning, up. even for yeah, FTX. Tip, even yeah, tip of the iceberg. Well, yeah. the bookkeeping is not not a mystery. I mean, think about it. Back in the days of the mafia, they had those bookkeeping systems mm -hmm. or something similar. So they were the foundation of this. So it's these people just build on ways to right make it right. Yeah, they add technology to it, other quick and easy ways for something to be accounted for but unaccounted for. I mean, there was over $10 billion that was taken from FTX and moved to the former CEO's hedge fund. And it was through a back door, quote unquote, or basically a trap door where money could just easily flow back and forth. So right. it's just one of those things where you can't cook the books. Yep. Something's going to be righted here. All right. Well, enough on that topic, uh, John. This is Thanksgiving week, so we're going to be playing this uh, show over Thanksgiving. Oh. <laughs> and the question to be had is Thanksgiving-related. What are you thankful for? And I'll ask that question in the form of financial planning. When it comes to financial planning, what are you thankful for? In regards to financial planning? Correct. Uh, number one, that I discovered the process or made up the process some um, 50 years ago and followed it because that was that was important even though it was uh there were a lot of battles there too because people kept saying well you know go this way go that way this is the hot topic i mean it's been i've seen lots of things like that for a time it was oil for a time it was real estate and uh it's as steady as you go that's something to learn about so i'm happy about the fact that financial planning is beginning to gain a little footing challenges that seem to be tipping over again 
because people aren't clear what financial planning is, so I'm not thankful for that. But I'm thankful for you guys because I know that there's a group of you who are, understand the concept and are handling it in such a manner for your clients that you're doing a lot of good. And so that's a big deal to me because so when I'm long gone, you guys will be fostering the concept and there may be a legacy in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. All right, good. Well, thanks. Love Craig, it. Craig, what are you thankful for oh. when it comes to financial planning? Well, I, I say it all the time and I, I truly do mean it. I'm just thankful for financial planning as a whole. Um, I'm a product of good financial planning and I'm not bashful to talk about it. Uh, when my dad passed, you know, now going up on, oh gosh, 12 years ago, over 12 years ago at this point, thankfully when he passed, we could focus on the most important piece, grieving, figuring out what life was like without him. We didn't have to worry about the roof being kept over our head, food on the table, that kind of thing. Um, but the other piece that I'm, I'm thankful for is getting into the profession, Stephen, pestering you nonstop so I could get my chance, um, but developing the relationships, seeing people have successful plans. There, there is no greater gift than someone to look back and say, boy, I fought you, boy, I, I challenged you all along the way, but thank you for doing everything that you did because I wouldn't be where I am or I wouldn't be independent without your guidance. So thankful from that side of things. Nice. Yeah, yeah there's no greater peace than when you've been with a client for 40 and 50 years Yep. and they come and thank you. Yeah. That's a big, that's the great re reward we get because we don't have any financial remuneration or anything from this. It's mm -hmm. strictly uh, an emotional reward that the client appreciates it. I saved every little card I ever got from a client who said, thank you, I appreciate you. Yeah. Because they were so meaningful to me. So I'm thankful for that, Stephen. Those yeah. cards. I, well, great. And these this ties in. Uh, I agree, right? I'm thankful for John for you and the foundation you've developed for fee only financial planning. Uh, for me, just finding the profession, right? I, I wish I found it earlier, but I didn't. And it is what it is. But being able to have a profession where you help people, you build relationships, you you deck you're with them for decades, right? You're yep. you're with the with the clients for decades and. It is the relationships. It is the, the, the success stories and you laugh, you cry, uh, you, you cheer along the way and it's a roller coaster, but mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's very, very rewarding. And that's really what I am grateful for. Um, it's 20 years now. Look at so, that. Yeah, Boy, yeah. you're getting old, getting old today. I got some gray hair coming in. So. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm yeah. coming up on the decade here, but there man. you go. Nice. Nice, John. Well, How many decades? <laughs> uh, let's see about 10. So 50 years is about, yeah. 10 decades, right? 10 yeah. fives. <laughs> so it's been a while. So again, just lots to be thankful for when it comes to financial planning. And uh, uh, obviously we're going to continue this, but we're coming up here on a break. When we come back, we're going to switch topics. We're going to move into social security. Uh, what factors to when you should start to collect? You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan. Joining me on today's show is fellow certified financial planner, Craig Konstantinovich and John Sestina. We're talking financial planning. If you'd like to learn more about managing to be wealthy and our financial planning process, you can look us up on the web at managingtobewealthy.com. There's information there to contact us. Uh, share, share the podcast, share the, the radio show pod, podcast. We are on iTunes, Spotify, look up managing to be wealthy and share it with your friends. Hopefully there's some good topics there that we can all be educated on. 
that is really our goal is to educate and inform uh, an important part of the process john is education isn't it it sure is uh, actually i graduated as a teacher and so uh, i've always had that bone in me that i wanted to teach a, a well-educated client is a better client and they're usually more successful same is true of our country, uh, who was a Thomas Jefferson said, as long as we have an educated electorate, we'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Yep. And we talked about this last week on our show, uh, you, me, and Tony. And um, it's, it's a good, good, important part of the process. Well, I was asked an interesting question this week, and it centers around Social Security. When should I start to collect it? And Craig, it's an easy answer, right? Yeah, it depends. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you start when someone asks you that question? Oh, I mean, there's so many factors, so many things. I mean, first off, you got to understand what their benefit may be. And by that, I mean, you have to take a look at have you worked long enough within the Social Security system or contributed enough to the system to be eligible for benefits? If you haven't or if you haven't worked for 40 quarters, long and short, basically 10 years where you've paid into the system, you're not going to be eligible for retirement benefits. So that's where it starts is, are you even eligible for the benefits? So, yeah. and, and a lot of people today are panicked over social security. We heard during the political time that, you know, the Republicans were gonna take away social security. Of course, that was not true. And, and the point being, don't, you're gonna see a lot of these pop-up headlines that are misleading about social security. Like the point you made there, Craig, some people read a heading that says, you may lose your social security or you may not get your social security. And what they're talking about is you don't have 10 quarters. Right, 10 years. So, yeah, so, I'm sorry, 10 years. Yep. And I told you I didn't have enough <laughs> 40 <coffee>. quarters, right? <laughs> All good. And so uh, uh, that that is startling to a lot of folks who are uneducated and they may not read the whole article to be concerned, confirmed. So there's a lot of false stuff out there. Just know that social security is probably never gonna be touched. Right. Well, it, it will be touched, but it'll be manipulated. Massaged. Massaged. Yes. yes. yes I think yes, manipulated yes. is a better word. But. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And yeah. it does, but it does start with looking. you got to look it up. Look right. up what your benefit is projected to be or what it is. Uh, everyone can log on to ssa.gov, create an account, get your statement, um, and look it up every year. Review it. That's actually how I discovered my tax return was improperly filed. Really? I did not see my Social Security uh, wages for that yeah. given year. And I said, wait a second. And this was well past the deadline. And this, our CPA figured it out that it was misfiled. Mm -hmm. And they once it was refiled, it, it showed up. So yep. so reviewing it is very important. And review the wage history. Exactly. It's very, very important. Especially if you're a business owner or a 1099 employee, someone that may not necessarily have a W-2 tax form that is generated for whatever reason, that seems to be the disconnect because the IRS may not necessarily speak to the Social Security office to show what was reported for your wages. And another thing, too, it can be a form of fraud protection. A lot of people are out there filing fraudulently for Social Security disability benefits, and some people go unaware of that for years. But the only way to know that is can you log in, access your statement, or access your benefit breakdown? If you can't, they're going to give you a rationale as to why or give you a means to correct that. And it may be, again, opening a can of worms, but better to catch it sooner rather than when you go to file and they say, oh, sorry, you've exhausted all of your benefits or you're ineligible based off of A, B, C, or D. Yep. And there are some people who are fearful that they will never get Social Security. Mm -hmm. 
and that's usually the divorced person or the mar- uh, the housewife. Yep. So if there's someone who's dedicated her life, let's say, to working at home, taking care of the kids, et cetera, never had a job, mm-hmm. okay, then they may not have a Social Security record. So they're fearful, oh, my goodness, I'll never get it. It's not true. Right. They'll at least get their their spouse's benefits or a portion of them. So they don't have to worry about that. The divorced person, same thing. If you were married for at least 10 years, Ten, ten years. Ten years, yeah. I got that ten remember, years. Remember the old joke? It's a good thing that Larry King never had a, a marriage that lasted more than ten years. Otherwise, Social Security would be broke. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, I wish he would have asked me that on his show. <laughs> so, at any rate, the, the same thing there. If you're if you're divorced, or as long as you were married ten years, then you have a cl- proper claim to Social Security. Yep. So don't panic over that. Yep. Learn the spousal benefit. Yeah, learn and, the spousal benefit. And the survivor benefit for spouses as well. Very, very important. So going to the question, Craig, uh, should I take it early? What is full retirement age or do I wait until age 70? Yeah. Let's break that down. <clears throat> so for that one, you know, it all kind of depends. And, you know, the the magic number at that point or the magic question is, well, when do you think you're going to pass? And no one has that exact idea. No one has that exact thing. You can look at family history. You can look at all sorts of calculators or lifestyle adjustments or things like that. But more times than not, r- the rough break-even age is about age 81. Oh, so, thanks a lot, Craig. I, <laughs> hey, you're almost there. You're almost there, John. couple months. Yep, there you go. Um, <clears throat> but basically what I mean by that is, So let's say that you were to file for benefits as early as possible, age 62. Well, if you anticipate to live past age 81, you may not have received as much of a benefit as if you had financially, as if you had waited until your age 67, which is most people's full retirement age these days, or age 70. And so again, as you look at what the maximum lifetime payout is, that's how you kind of backtrack into those numbers so, Stephen, to your question, I mean, again, it truly depends because maybe they don't have as much saved up. Maybe their lifestyle is able to be covered by Social Security. If that's the case and you're filing for your benefits at age 62, I'm all on board with it. That sounds great. Why push the needle further if we don't have to? John, to your point, what's enough exactly to cover your lifestyle? But if you're <laughs> still working up until age 65... If you still have other forms of income that's coming in, maybe rental property income, maybe you've got a pension benefit that you're entitled to. If you have those factors, well, don't file for Social Security before you absolutely need to, because not only are you going to lock in a lifetime reduced benefit, you're also going to have up to 85% of your Social Security wages taxed. Why pay more in taxes than you need to? So it's coordinated with tax planning. It's a really important piece of it. The other thing, too, is you said you can collect it at age 62. That would be with a penalty, yep. right? So you have a reduced benefit. The full retirement age, whatever that is, you'll find it on your statement. It's currently based on the younger generation, age 67, but a little bit could be – it's based on the year you were born. It could be 66 and four months or whatever it is. There's no penalty applied. And then if you wait until age 70, that's the maximum benefit – period where you will collect the most possible. But I talked to somebody, their mom waited till 72 to collect and she got no back pay. Really? She right. missed yeah. for two years. Did not, She waited past age 70, just didn't think anything, thought it was going to keep increasing and it never did. And unfortunately yeah. she did not receive a back pay. 
So there's a lot of variables there, but we're going to get into some more of those variables when we come back from the break on taxes, where your other money is going and how you tie it into your financial plan, because it is a comprehensive analysis when you're talking about the social security benefit. Uh, so when we come back, we'll go, go into that. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan. and today's show, we're going to wrap it up with Social Security. We talked about it the last segment. Uh... Receiving it early at age 62, full retirement age based on your birth year or waiting until age 70. Uh, John, you brought up a good point. Not everyone is eligible for Social Security. Right. Some of you worry about, uh, am I supposed to get Social Security and not get it? Well, you may not if you are a recipient of PERS, for example, or STRS if you were a teacher in Ohio. So that's a program independent of Social Security. So you don't get both. You cannot double dip. Right. Well, caveat there john because there's always a caveat i knew it (laughs) (laughs) it comes back to those working quarters it it depends (laughs) yep it certainly does depend but yeah there's there are people out there who contribute to the uh, public employee retirement system to strs but if you're working a part-time job on the side if you're doing again if you take a look at those benefits there's different provisions within social security where you know you're you're um benefit statement may say you're entitled to $1,000 a month, but there are two provisions called the government pension offset as well as the windfall elimination provision. The government pension offset basically says, based off of your entitlement to a government pension, you may receive a reduced Social Security benefit. So instead of getting 1000 bucks a month, you may get $300 a month or something to that effect. The windfall elimination provision more so applies to a spousal benefit that you may be entitled to. So in the scenario we were talking about, let's say that a husband goes out, puts in his 40 years working, entitled to a social security benefit, and a spouse was a teacher her entire life, um, entitled to STRS. So traditionally, let's say both were eligible for social security, the wife would then be able to choose, okay, well, I'm gonna take the greater of the two benefits. I'm either going to take my husband's benefit or my benefit, whichever one is going to be greater when he passes. In the opposite scenario where the the wife may be a teacher, she may be entitled to part of his Social Security benefit, but it would be reduced based off of the fact that she's entitled to a public pension. So... Again, if you haven't been lost yet, if your head's not spinning like a top, and Steven, you get this, would you best kind of, of luck. Would you kind of say that again for me so, so I can kind of follow that? Regurgitate it differently. I will say that it's basically saying that you've got to be careful and you got to coordinate it. And right. learn learn what, what options are available to you. It, it's amazing how just the, just one topic, how many variables, you pull one lever, exactly. it affects something else. Exactly. Um, and there are several books out now about Social Security that are legitimate and mm-hmm. cover the whole process. Absolutely. And there some of them will even go so far as to help you understand, you know, how to file for benefits, how to do some of the other nuances, but it, it all comes back to as as we always talk about with the people that we work with, the data drives everything. Right. So make sure that you are at least visiting and checking in on what your social security benefit could be 
by Stephen using that website you had mentioned, www.ssa, Social Security Administration, ssa.gov. Yep, and set up your account. The, the other one that's a uh, couple things is there's a significant uh, death benefit when somebody dies. I, I say that jokingly because it's $255, I think. You're not a penny more. Not a penny more. <laughs> $255 death benefit, apparently at one point paid for a funeral. Yep. Back in the 1940s. <laughs> Back in Gunsmoke uh, time. Right, exactly. And then the other one is the, the spousal benefit uh, uh, for for a beneficiary for a death where a spouse can collect it as early as age 60. So that's an important piece. Yeah, not only that, remember the dependent Social Security benefit as well. That's another one. Yeah, so that one, again, all of these different facets just within one program, but basically if someone passes away, is entitled to a Social Security benefit based off of their working quarters, they can basically leave behind or be entitled to, for their children, anyone under age 19, they may be entitled to receive an annual benefit from the Social Security Administration. Boy, he sounds per, like a lawyer, you he know? He does, yeah. <laughs> per, per child, too. Per child. Right? You got it's not, that right. It's not a family benefit. It's per child benefit. And again, that's that's just to help the family out in that terrible situation. But you mm -hmm. said they have a have to have a file. They have to they have to be eligible for Social Security benefits, so they have to have enough working quarters put in at the time of death to be eligible for so that. So go to a hardware store and buy a file. <laughs> yes. Sure enough. Sure yes. enough. How'd you get that, John? I got right. about ten quarters. <laughs> it can probably get you that file That's then. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and going back to your earlier comments, Craig, about coordinating it, mm -hmm. uh, coordinating when to start your benefit is is really important because it does factor in like what is your tax rate. Right. Right. If you're in a higher tax bracket. You're going to pay taxes on partial part of the up to 85 percent of your Social Security benefit. So that's is it might be better to hold off to age 70. The other side of it too is I factor in if your goal is to leave an inheritance. Yeah, you absolutely. You can't pass your Social Security off to your 255. kids. 255. There you go. 255 dollars <laughs> you can, but after that it go, it go dies with you. Yep. So you may if you if you're using your savings maybe. Re replace it with the Social Security benefit, and that way you keep more for your heirs. But that's, of course, a spending, um, balancing your spending and making sure you're not overspending, but that's a factor in it as well. Right. Well, and the other point, too, I guess I should bring up just to create both sides of the Social sec Security system fairly is, so we talk about, hey, we'll track your other income, track your other expenses. There's also a scenario where you could pay 0% in income taxes on Social Security benefits. Yep. So, again, you see here we've gone for at least, you know, 15 minutes talking about just this one topic. You want to talk about managing to be wealthy. Who would have thought, hey, when do I take Social Security could have such a large impact on your plan? But it's all based off of your goals. It's all based off of your aspirations. So to your point, Stephen, if you want to leave the largest inheritance behind, well, yeah, let the assets continue to work for you, continue to grow, take Social Security early, and boom, you've got an, a great way to really maximize what your assets can do for you. Certainly. Anything to add, John? I'm still trying to figure out what he said a half hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> He's still thinking about the file. The, okay? Yeah, he, the windfall elimination period, right? Yeah. So, all right, good. Well, I, hopefully that's helpful for anybody listening, but the bottom line is just, just look at your options because there are a lot of caveats to the spousal benefits. If you do this, it affects you here and there. So there are offices you can schedule appointments with, yep. have a consultation, ask questions. That is your right. That is your benefit. So ask the questions, even if you don't understand and have to meet again.
right. before you choose a certain election. Very, very helpful there. And definitely, if you if you do plan or when you do plan on filing for your Social Security benefits at least six months in advance, reach out to one of those offices just to get a general idea of what's the process, what should I be doing, what T's need to be crossed, what I's need to be dotted. Um, but give that six-month leeway so that way you can gather anything you need or make any other further decisions that you may need to ahead of time. All right, great. Well, we got about a minute left, so let's talk turkey. <sighs> What's well, your it fav- is Thanksgiving. It is Thanksgiving, <laughs> so let's talk turkey. What's your favorite dish or part of the food aspect of Thanksgiving, John? Uh, my favorite is cranberry sauce and Je- stuffing. Jellied cranberry sauce yes, or the, the real would, stuff? No, I don't want to eat that. It's got nuts in it or something. <laughs> <laughs> now, I got to ask this question. Yes. So you said stuffing. Oh, yes. Is all stuffing the same oh, or no. do you prefer Absolutely dressing? Not. I Wait. do. Dr- I dress for dinner. Yeah, thankfully, else. thankfully. Yeah. No. What's but, your favorite part? So let's dressing. Go yeah, dressing. dressing. So What's dressing it? is uh, apparently. I didn't realize this until a uh, little while ago, but unless the stuffing is put inside the actual bird, Which is it's dangerous. not stuffing. No. It's no. It's, it's the same thing. I, I, it's the same ingredients, but it's, the bird cooks better without the stuffing because it actually can get inside the hot right. I, temperature. I'm, that's what I was my told. I was corrected. Skills. So yeah. my, my favorite part is the next day when I make the soup. Oh, there you <laughs> the, go. The, the whole house smells like turkey soup. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it is fantastic. That, that is a good second that day. That is that is the best. And the leftovers are the probably yeah, the best exactly. part. Bingo. Right? Nothing wrong with that. I so. like the uh, what's the, what's the little drug in there that puts you to sleep? Tryptophan. Tryptophan. I like yeah. the tryptophan. <laughs> Thing. All right, good. Turn well, on the TV and follow. We're out of time. We're out of time, and happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Listen to upcoming shows. We're going to talk year end tax planning. You've been listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN.